This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. Great to be back after a wonderful summer. I'm sure you've all had a relaxing and refreshing time, and it's great to once again sit here and share some Torah thoughts with you. Great to see Craig at the controls, and back to normal here at High FM on Friday afternoon, getting ready for Shabbos. Shabbos, of course, is a very special time, and it's a very special Shabbos at that. It's Shabbat Shira, the Shabbos of the song. And what song is that? That's the song that Moses and the Jewish people sang in thanksgiving, in great gratitude, when they witnessed the incredible miracle of Kriyat Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea, and the final destruction of the Egyptians who were chasing them. It was a time of great joy, a time of great glory. And the Jewish people together, led by Moshe, broke out in this incredible song of Az Yashir, a song that we say daily in our prayers, a song that reflects the greatness of God, the ability of God as we see it within the world, miracles upon miracles, the Jewish people marching triumphantly out of Egypt, and despite the difficulties that they encounter along the way, Hashem continues to shower the Jewish people with great blessing. And that's something which is important for us to understand. It's not so much the difficulties that we have to meet, challenge, and overcome, but equally so, if not more so, the recognition of the presence of God in our lives on a daily basis, to recognize His hand in not only generally in terms of the Jewish people, but each and every one of us individually, individual divine providence, hashgacha pratit, in every single area of our lives. If we were to see this, if we were to recognize this, if we were to truly appreciate the hand of God in our lives, not only on a daily basis, but every single instant of our lives, we too, every single morning, would break out in great song. Every single evening we would end the day in great song, in appreciation and gratitude of the presence of God in our lives. And this is one of the challenges that each and every one of us faces, the ability, the necessity to recognize the presence of God in our lives. You know, we look at the world and see what we see. We look at the world and we see all sorts of, well, natural things, a world that is there. But in fact, if we simply move aside the screen of so-called reality and look at the essence of the reality, we will recognize and appreciate the presence of God. And this is what this Shabbos is all about. Shabbat Shira, the Shabbos of the song. A Shabbos that's there to teach us, to show us how to recognize the presence of God, how to see the miracle in every single moment. And it's precisely that. It is a miracle in every single moment. The very breath we take, the fact that we think, speak, feel, see, whatever it is that a human being is able to do, it's a miracle upon a miracle. And we have to show appreciation and gratitude by expressing appreciation and gratitude. It's not enough simply to feel it. Yes, of course, feelings are important and feelings are precious. And feelings put us in touch with who and what we are. But at the same time, the expression of those feelings is necessary as well. This is the song 
of this Shabbos, Shabbat Shira, and when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully and join in as you stand and hear that incredible story being told. In fact, as I said earlier on, it's part and parcel of our daily prayer. Each and every single day, we say, Az Yashir. Do we say it? Do we sing it? How do we express that gratitude? How we express gratitude tells us a lot about ourselves. The Parsha is B'Shalach. The Jewish people march out triumphantly from Egypt after the incredible miracles of the ten plagues, after the incredible hand of God, after the incredible destruction of Pharaoh and his people, the Jewish people, millions of them march out triumphantly, men, women, children, with all their goods, with all their possessions. They walk out as a nation, as a people, ready to accept the Torah at Sinai. And yet, the Torah, this week's Parsha, begins with a very strange word. It says, Vayehi b'shalach. It was when the Jewish people were sent out. And the word b'shalach is again one of these terms that seems to suggest various and different types of meanings. B'shalach means not that they walked out, not that they marched out, not that they left triumphantly from that terrible land from that terrible slavery and exile that they experienced for hundreds of years, Bishalach seems to suggest they were sent out. In a sense, it seems to suggest they were sent out against their will. Does that mean the Jewish people wanted to remain in Egypt? Does that mean that the Jewish people forgot so quickly about what happened in that terrible land and were prepared to continue to stay there and therefore perforce, even by Pharaoh himself, they were sent out of the land? Is that what the Torah is suggesting? According to a few commentaries, that's exactly what the Torah is suggesting, that the Jewish people, at least some of them, felt that the tyranny of Egypt was broken, the tyranny of the dictatorship that enslaved them for hundreds of years was finally coming, had finally come to an end. And therefore they looked around the land of Mitzrayim and they said to themselves, this is a comfortable place. This is a comfortable land. This is a place that I can live. Now that I don't have to worry about my safety, now that I am a free man, now that I am no longer under the whip and yoke of Pharaoh and his people, what's wrong with staying here and making this our permanent home? What's wrong with staying in exile and recognizing the benefits of exile? It's a wonderful land. We know the place. There's a certain security in the knowledge that we are familiar with the realities of this place. And this is why a number of Jewish people at that moment of great exodus, at that moment of great freedom, actually thought to themselves that they would like to stay behind. Bishalach, they were sent out against their will, despite the fact that some of them wanted to stay in Egypt and continue to live in their perception as free men within Egypt. Of course, the story is altogether different. They could never be free men in that place. They could never fulfill the will of God fully and completely within that place. That place was corrupted by its materialism, by its vulgarity. That place was corrupted by the immorality of those who lived there for so long. That place was corrupted by all sorts of negative elements. The Jewish people could never exist there. The Jewish people, if they would continue to live there would be destroyed as well. 
And this is something talks to us about the concept of exile today as well. So many of us are impressed with the environment in which we live. It's comfortable, it's fine, it's very, very secure. We live in a world and we think to ourselves, we have our home, we have our place, nobody really is bothering us, we live as free people. Why the necessity to talk about redemption? Why the necessity to talk about Mashiach? Why is it so important to speak about a tremendous change that will take place in the world and for the Jewish people in particular? Why is it necessary to somehow pray to God on a daily basis to take us out of exile? Yes, there was a time that the Jewish people did suffer at the hands of their host societies not so long ago. In different parts of the world, the Jewish people suffered terribly in the lands that they lived. But today, more or less, particularly those in the West, live a relatively comfortable life. Why the necessity to leave? Why can't we make these places our permanent homes? The Torah says, B'Shalach. Don't think that way. Don't think that way because no matter how secure you are, this is not the place where your soul can be free. This is not the place where your heart and mind can be free. You have to go elsewhere. You have to recognize the true concept of redemption, the true concept of freedom. Then and only then will you be a free person. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipsker from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the ambiguous term used at the beginning of this week's Parsha, Bishalach, which seems to suggest that the Jewish people, or at least some of them, were sent out of Egypt against their will, indicating that perhaps some of them wanted to stay behind. And this really is so puzzling. How is it possible that the Jewish people, who had experienced so many terrible tragedies at the hands of that society, how could they possibly want to continue staying in that land? They knew that land was a corrupt land. They knew that land was a violent land. They knew that land was run by individuals who had no care whatsoever for them, for their children. They enslaved them for hundreds of years, forcing them to build buildings, forcing them into all sorts of terrible things. How is it even possible that somebody would want to continue staying in that land? And the answer is, as we know in life, unfortunately, our memories are very, very short. People think that they will remember something forever. People think they've gone through an experience. This will stay with them in their hearts and in their minds for the longest time. But the answer, of course, is not always. We have all sorts of abilities to actually forget even the most difficult of things and to fool ourselves into thinking that everything has changed so dramatically that now All is good, all is wonderful, all is great in the land in which we live. This is the way that people think. And somehow parents fail to communicate to children, to grandchildren, what in fact the true story of history is, why it is that we continue to sing on a daily basis, I believe with absolute faith and conviction, in the coming of Mashiach. We sense, we know, we feel 
that something extremely imperfect exists in the world as we understand it today. Exile is something which can fool us into thinking otherwise. Exile is not only a place and time of tyranny. Exile is not only a situation of pain and suffering. Exile is that condition where we actually fool ourselves into thinking. Somehow we fool ourselves into thinking that the world is a wonderful, good place, and as long as nobody bothers us, all will be well. It's important to understand not only our bodies have to be free, but our souls have to be free as well. And what does it mean that our souls have to be free? It's not that our souls have to be free on some theoretical distant level, that we have to have a spiritual consciousness within us. And how many of us can truly say, yes, I have a spiritual dimension and feeling within me? Of course, each and every one of us possesses a soul. Each and every one of us has that potential where he's able to achieve this greatness of inner freedom. But how many people can truly and honestly declare, I have a spiritual consciousness within me, even those who are observant, even those who try to, at their best, to fulfill the laws of God, which is a wonderful and great thing. But how many people can actually say that I have a conscious spiritual feeling within me, this tremendous sense and need to connect with God and godliness on a personal conscious level? And this is what exile is all about. Exile is somehow our systems have become clogged up. Our systems have become so desensitized to things spiritual that while we go through the motions of Yiddishkeit, we don't feel the sense of greatness, of joy, of spiritual ecstasy that should be there every single waking moment. This is what Beshalach is all about. Beshalach is that the Jewish people are being pushed, sent into a different type of consciousness. Not only must you remember that this land was physically bad for you, it was spiritually destructive. And it's time for both your body and your soul to achieve some degree of redemption, of freedom, of true liberation. And this is why as the Parsha continues, the Pasuk continues, it says, God did not lead them along a direct route to Israel that would go through the land of Pelishtim, the Philistines, because it was close. And God was concerned that if the Jewish people would encounter difficulty along the way, being that they were still geographically close to Egypt, they would choose to return to Egypt. In actual fact, When the Jewish people come to the Sea of Reeds, we are told that there were different groups, and one group, in fact, said, yes, let us return to Egypt. Let's recognize the fact that we have failed in this venture of becoming free. This liberation is short-lived. Let us go back to that land of slavery. This is what this Parsha is talking to us about. This Parsha is talking to us about how the road to true freedom is a challenging road. It's not as if a light goes on suddenly and everything is perfect. 
It's step by step, and every step along the way, we have to call upon deeper strengths within us to overcome the challenges that we are going to face. Each and every one of us in our lives, each and every one of us, regardless of who we are and where we are, Each and every one of us has a particular package of their own challenges, and it's these challenges that make us who we are. This ability to approach them, to overcome them, to overwhelm them, to somehow call that inner strength from within us and be that individual who says, I will meet every challenge head on, but I go forward to the ultimate redemption, This in itself makes us greater. This in itself makes us stronger. This in itself brings us to a level of true recognition who and what we are. It enables us to go forward with a tremendous degree of enthusiasm, to deliver a sense of passion into our lives that we go forward as Jews in the fullest sense of the word. The world may mock us. The moral may try and stop us from fulfilling our commandments, but we remain steadfast in our faith. We remain absolutely committed to the nth degree, to that which we stand for, to that which we believe in, to that which in fact is our calling. As we go through this Parsha, story after story, each and every one, while it carries tremendous, miraculous dimension. It also carries a dimension of challenge as well. As I just said, standing in front of the great sea of reeds, Jewish people don't know what to do. The Egyptians are behind them. On either side is the barren wilderness, the barren desert. In front of them is the raging sea. What do they do now? Where do they go? A tremendous challenge. One of the greatest miracles is about to take place. The miracle of the splitting of the sea. Where the Jewish people cross that sea on dry land. Miraculous. The enemy is completely decimated. Completely destroyed. But there were moments of challenge. Moments of doubt. Moments of uncertainty. Each and every single individual had to stand up and say to themselves, to himself and to herself, do I go forward? Do I march forward? Do I somehow have the strength, the faith, the courage? Yes, do I even have the desire to go forward? And as mentioned before, some people said, no, let's give up. Let's jump into the sea and give it all up. Let's go back to the Egypt as whipped losers in this great battle. What does God say? Go forward. Go forward. Move. Recognize that you have the ability. An incredible miracle is about to take place. But you have to call upon that inner strength within you. You have to call upon that inner faith within you. You have to somehow draw out that dimension of powerful Jewishness that makes you who you are and what you are. Every single moment of this great journey, every single moment of this great path of liberation is filled with light and love and miracle upon miracle. But it's also filled with an incredibly great gift 
And what's that gift? That gift is the challenge that God gives us. The road, of course, is paved. The road, of course, is direct. But at the same time, I have my individual challenges that I have to meet and I have to overcome. Because together with the great miracle, there's even a greater miracle. And what's the greater miracle? The greater miracle is the one that man makes as a result of his continued faith and determination to go forward with pride and with dignity, conviction and dedication to God and his commandments. This in itself is an incredible miracle. The fact that a Jew can stand up in the face of the world and say, I am a Jew and I will behave and live as a Jew. This is a miracle. And suddenly all sorts of great and wonderful things begin to happen. But man is an incredible partner in that wonderful development of going forward toward true liberation. We come to the story of the manna. We come to the story of the manna that fell from heaven on a daily basis. The Jewish people are in a wilderness. The Jewish people are in a desert. The Jewish people have no access to other forms of food. And each and every single day, God sends their sustenance down from heaven to each and every one of us uh, precisely what is needed. Each and every single individual gets exactly how much he needs. But God says that great gift comes with a challenge as well. Don't take more than is necessary. Yes, by all means, whatever is necessary, fetch and collect and prepare it as a wonderful tasty meal. But don't just stack it up because it will go rotten. And there are those who didn't listen to the instruction of God. They took more than they needed. And because they took more than they needed, it rotted wherever they put it. And God says, on Shabbos, do not go out and collect the manna. It will not be good for you. God says, on Friday, take a double portion. In actual fact, why do we have two kitkas, two chalas, at the Shabbos table when we make kiddush? It is a reminder of the double portion that we took on a Friday. On Friday, that will be the only day that you can take a double portion and prepare adequately so that you have enough for Shabbos. And while the vast majority of Jews listened to the law of God, the instruction of God, there were those who couldn't face up to that challenge, to that difficulty, to that moment, and they walked out on Shabbos to collect their manna, but there was nothing there. Each and every single miracle, each and every single greatness comes together with the opportunity of us participating in that miracle. Yes, it would be wonderful if in a snap of fingers life would change dramatically and everything would be perfect and everything would be wonderful and everything will be great. But we will miss out on the true greatness of that incredible moment. It's when we share in that moment, when we live through the challenge, the difficulty, when we, by word and example, show who and what we are, that we are prepared not only to recognize the miracle, but to share in the miracle, to be part of the miracle. And how are we part of the miracle? We're part of the miracle 
by meeting those challenges with great courage and with great strength. This is so important in life. This is such a vital message in terms of how we can recognize the greatness and miracle of God. Yes, most of us actually understand that miracles do occur and miracles are great moments and miracles defy nature and miracles change the reality dramatically and instantly. But how many of us wish to participate in the moment of miracle by ourselves creating a miracle of devotion and dedication to accept challenge, to overwhelm challenge, and to recognize that we have within ourselves this incredible strength, this incredible power, this incredible ability to do great things despite the difficulties that might be in our way. This is something which is so important. This is what this parsha talks about. Bishalach, the time that the Jewish people march out with pride, with strength, with dignity, with joy. The parsha is full of great miracles, but at the same time it's full of challenges as well. Meeting the challenge, overwhelming the challenge, recognizing strength within us, becoming a partner in the miracle. That's what true liberation is all about. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about sharing in the miracle by ourselves, meeting the challenges of the moment with great faith, with great courage, and with great purpose. But of course the question has to be asked, how is it possible? After all, these challenges seem to be so overwhelming, these challenges seem to be so difficult, these challenges seem to in a sense, cripple us, paralyze us, don't allow us to go forward in the manner that we could and should. The answer to all of that is yes, the challenges can be difficult, and certainly at times overwhelming. Certainly at times it seems to be those type of powers and energies that are out there to destroy us. But as we take a look again at the very first pasuk, at the very first verse of this week's parsha, it says that God did not lead them in a direct way toward the land that they were promised. It was an indirect route. What's the word the Torah uses? He didn't lead them. The word nacham, yes, translated lead in this context. But there are all sorts of other words that are far clearer. Nahag, to lead in a very direct way. Why does Torah use a word that seems to be somewhat ambiguous, not only ambiguous, but confusing, because it doesn't fully portray what in fact is taking place. Nacham can have other meanings as well. Why use a term, God led them, Naham is a strange term, not one that is commonly used in Torah to talk about being led or leading in a particular sort of way. In actual fact, the word Naham is closely related to Menucha, a time of comfort, of peace and relaxation. It's Nechama, a time of consolation, pain and suffering. The very challenge that God gives us contains within it not only the ability and strength to overcome that challenge, but within that challenge lies menucha, lies peace and comfort. 
nechama, consolation for the difficulties that we go through. Yes, this is what life is all about. It's a strange, miraculous combination of opposites. The very same challenge is the very same source of menucha, of comfort, of peace, of true tranquility and relaxation, of true consolation. Torah uses a word to express what's the way that God led us, because the way, the journey in itself, is a great challenge. It's tiring, it's difficult, it's moving from place to place. It creates insecurity. It creates a lack of continuity as far as we understand. It is difficult to fathom. A journey is something which in itself carries with it all sorts of dimensions of difficulty. But God says the very journey is not only a method through which and by which you can reach a distant destination, the journey itself contains, that challenge itself contains dimensions and great and powerful dimensions of the extreme opposite of the difficulty of journey, but the joy of relaxation, the joy of true physical and spiritual tranquility. This is something that we have to understand. This is something that we have to live for. This is something that we have to recognize. It's not as if we go through a challenge and from elsewhere comes the menucha, from elsewhere comes tranquility. No. The actual challenge carries it within itself. This is what gives us the strength, the ability to overcome even the greatest moments the greatest difficulties, the greatest challenges of life. It's not only because somehow we have within ourselves the strength to overcome it, no, but because within that challenge is contained an incredible seed of tranquility as well. This brings us to mind about the wonderful Yantuf that we are going to celebrate this coming week, the festival of Tubishvat, the festival of the 15th of Shvat, Rosh Hashanah, Ilanot, the New Year for Trees. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the northern countries. We've experienced a winter in the northern countries. And you take a look at the trees in the northern countries during winter. They are absolutely dead. It takes tremendous imagination to even think that these trees will one day blossom, bring forth beautiful, beautiful leaves and fruit. It's just not there. Empty, dead sticks, frozen in that incredible, incredible weather. And yet along comes spring, and things change and change dramatically. And the green comes, and the colors come, and the fragrance comes, and the fruit comes, and the blessing comes, and everything is alive. Fifteenth of Shvat in the northern countries is very much within the depth of winter. For those who've lived in those northern countries, if you lived in Canada or further north, you will know that the fifteenth of Shvat is very much part of winter, and yet we celebrate the new year of trees in the dead of winter. And the answer, of course, is because, well, invisible to the human eye, but the sap is beginning to rise in those trees through the roots. It's bringing out the nutrients within the ground. 
And in the dead of winter, in the freezing weather, life is beginning to change that tree from something which is absolutely dead to something which is alive and nutritious and beautiful to behold. This is what this Parsh is all about. This is what this coming week is all about. The ability to recognize that which is not visible. The ability to see within the challenge, the concept of menucha, the concept of tranquility, the concept of comfort. To see within that challenge the opportunity of becoming a partner within the great miracle as well. We have to develop that inner sight. We have to develop that ability to see and feel and think differently. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to the opening words of the Parsha and to every subsequent portion as well. Each one carries with it tremendous stories of miracles of greatness, the splitting of the sea, the manna falling from heaven, the great victory against the powerful army of Amalek. Each and every single portion also tells us about the challenges how Jews looked around and said to themselves, how can we possibly get through this difficulty? And yet they do. Not only by the hand of God, of course the hand of God, the miracle of God, but the gift that God gives each and every one of us to be a partner in the miracle. So listen carefully to that story. Make it your own story. Make it your own reality. See within yourself not only the strength to overcome difficulty, but to recognize within the difficulty the opportunity of blessing in the fullest sense of the word. B'Shalach, being sent out of every type of negativity, we go forward as a proud and powerful nation, not only as a nation, but each and every single individual goes forth as a proud individual. Make it your own journey. Make it your own reality. The Shabbos.